The following program is underwritten in part by World's Best Cat Litter. You love your cat, but you don't love the litter box mess. Switch to World's Best Cat Litter and get a cleaner litter box with less hassle and less litter. Find it at Target, Walmart, and in your local grocery and pet stores. Celebrating the connection with our pets, this is Animal Radio, featuring your dream team, veterinarian Dr. Debbie White and groomer Joey Villani. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. And welcome. Have you written down the number yet? If not, now is a better time than when you really need it and you don't have it. One eight six six. Okay, give it to me. You got, yeah, you make, anybody can call this, even you, even though you could probably just walk from the newsroom to ask Dr. Debbie <laughs> a question, but you can yes. use the phones. One eight six six four zero five eight four zero five. And don't forget, you can also ask your questions from the free Animal Radio app for iPhone, Android, and BlackBerry. And uh, it's uh, Dental Month. I guess that's the deal, National Dental Mo- Pet Dental pet Month. Pet Dental Month, yes. And I look around here and I'm thinking, do any of us really brush our dogs or cats' teeth? And if we do, now, how you often? you say that, how like we should be embarrassed if we do. I, I mean, it, that to me is an area where I feel like I'm totally failing in. I, yep. I, I wish I... Could or did. But you, Dr. Debbie, now, do you brush your dog's teeth? Uh, yeah, I absolutely do. I actually, both my husband and I are on a, generally, we try once a day. Some days we even do it twice a day. Really? Whoa. Yeah. No, well, not, uh, wait a minute, wait a minute. We're not talking about your teeth. We're talking no, about yes, your dog. No, my dogs. <laughs> okay, so this is this is the lesson learned. And as a veterinary professional, even I had to go through a tough lesson. So I think I told you guys months ago that my big girl, um, she broke her tooth chewing on a kind of like a nyla bone. Yeah, yeah. So she, so she cracked part of her tooth off, and we ended up getting a crown put on to kind of try to save the tooth. So when you spend a lot of money trying to keep a tooth in place, and um, the investment is not something that we can just leave. Alone, we were instructed by the veterinary dentist every day she has to have her teeth brushed, or there's going to be problems wow. with this crown. Mm. Now, this is kind of new for you, though, isn't it? Because about a month or yeah. a few months ago, you weren't brushing right. anybody's teeth. I don't right. think I, I was like many veterinarians. I give out great advice, but I didn't follow it myself. <laughs> but I gotta tell you, it, it makes such an immense difference. And my little terrier. Um, we weren't always the best on brushing his teeth, and now we do it every day, and you can totally tell his gums are healthy, they don't bleed. We've had subsequent dental cleanings from year to year, and we don't have to pull teeth. He was one year old, and we had to pull four teeth on him. Mm. So it was, it was really a big lesson for, you know, both dogs in different situations. So I, I would really advise folks, make that effort it's easy to do i was gonna say are they willing patients yes it's it's all about the bribe though okay (laughs) so i actually i have to video this for you but i actually my dogs like run to the toothbrushing area my little guy jumps on the table and waits for his toothbrushing because he gets a treat at the end of it and that's all he cares about it's all he cares about is the treat at the end. It does not matter anymore I was, about the teeth brushing. I was just thinking how great it would be if we had like a table, you know, in every home for dogs where we could brush them, you know, like at yeah. eye level and brush their teeth, their coat and, you know, let them have their own little grooming area like we have a, a restroom. Oh. Yes. So did you have to start off slowly though or were we yes. able to, okay. Yeah. And I actually, both when they were young, when they were puppies, I introduced them to teeth brushing. So we started slow, a little bit of doggy toothpaste just on the fingertip and just rubbing that around on the mouth and making it a great experience. And again, positive rewards. You know, we don't want to force them, sit them on between our legs and scrub with a, a brush vigorously. That's just going to create a horrible 
um, experience and not make them want to do this again. So, but you build up to it after wow. you know time. You don't even use a brush, just your no, finger. I use, no, I use now. a brush now. Oh, Heck, okay. I even for a while I was using an electronic toothbrush for my dogs. <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> um, but mine broke, and I had to take the toothbrush back. So that's uh, <laughs> uh. So now they just have doggy toothbrushes. But uh, yeah, oh, okay. So it, it, it can be done. I'm going to get it on video and show you guys because you know it is. It, once you get your pet on board with something that's good for them, they don't know whether it's good for them. They just enjoy the the whole process, the attention, and the treat. And and that's what I think we have to focus on. Is if we think it's a bad thing and we're stressing about it. You know, they're not going to have a good experience. You got to really kind of attack it with that kind of, this is good for you and you're going to get rewards. Mm. And I love you because you're letting me do this. I think I can do that with Ladybug. I think I should try. She loves her treats afterwards and I think she'll sit through it and let me do it for a treat. Now, it used to be up to your husband to do this. You switch off with him now. Oh, (laughs) yes. Yes, because, yeah, I I always left that in his hands because in my eyes, you know, I picked up the poop. I did all the other stuff. You know, it had to be division (laughs) of labor somewhere. but yeah, now we do, now we share duties on this and it's a whole process. They both kind of run to the area at the same time, sit there and then just wait. Okay. Yeah, no, wait a minute. You don't have any cats. Yeah. That's a different story. I do story. not. No. No, but I know veterinarians that brush their cat's teeth all the time. Really? I did not do it when I had cats, but, uh, you know, I would probably give it a good whirl now that I know what I know. And it's all about training and you can, some cats are so trainable and, um, you know, you can do it just as well. I haven't met any of those cats yet. They've trained me. <laughs> I haven't either. Okay, if you want to learn more about this and brushing your animal's teeth, it's real easy. Over at our website, we have a lot of great information. Plus, coming up in this show, Robert Semro with five important but easy ways to improve your pet's dental health. I guess it's so important because, and we don't normally think of this, when we don't take care of our teeth, we lose teeth and we sometimes have to get fake teeth. But for animals, that could really be fatal for them. It what affects can do? their organs. Well, dogs get more periodontal disease. So we get cavities, which kind of are holes in the teeth, but they get periodontal disease and that attacks the attachment of the tooth. So it's more than just a hole in pain. It actually erodes the connection so the teeth get loose and then infection gets deeper than where the tooth is, gets into the bone and that'll go through the bloodstream and go to the heart, the kidneys, can cause a lot of other systemic problems. So it's actually can be a detriment to not do regular dental care. Dr. Debbie, what do you think, like in in 100 years from now, that animals might be receiving dental care similar to what we humans get? (sighs) Lori, they already are. (laughs) Really? (laughs) So... Yes, absolutely. So I mentioned my dog has a crown. It's kind of like a silver, almost like titanium kind of alloy crown on her tooth. Um, when I visited with the dentist, they were, there were dogs getting measured for braces. That's um, weird. No. That's weird. Yeah, yeah. Um, they often will have, uh, you know, different types of enamel bonding on their teeth. And, and Nikki had a couple of those smaller cracks where she had a filler put in just to kind of help seal that area. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of that kind of corrective dentistry that we can do for underbite, overbites. Um, and, uh, it, it just takes finding out a, de- a veterinary specialist in your area. And those things are certainly out and available now. Wow. I'm blowing your mind, aren't I? You are. <laughs> you did. You really did. And our pocketbooks. Yes. <laughs> a little dog with braces on it. So cute. Hey, listen, in just a few minutes, we're supposed to talk to Gary Vader. There was a scheduling conflict last week. Apparently, we got dates mixed up. So we'll give him a holler in just a few minutes right here on Animal Radio. He's doing the Funny for Fido uh, comedy show, where a bunch of comics get together and they raise money for the animals. Yes, they do it. It's a monthly thing, I believe. It's a monthly thing? Yes. In New York City. 
Yeah. Lori, over there in the newsroom, what do you got coming up at the bottom of the hour? I have a fantastic update on Francis the Dachshund. This dog, I mean, she was thrown away, truly thrown away, given up for dead. You may shed a tear, Hal. It it could happen. (laughs) It's been known to happen. No, it's really one of those stories. It's like, oh, my gosh, we know worst to first. And I understand you'll also be mentioning uh, about the recall, the Avengers recall, which had a very mysterious drug, something you would not expect in the food. And apparently one dog's died from that so far. You'll be talking about that, I understand. Exactly. I was going to say that, too, because it's just so weird what they found in Not the, really. This, really? Yeah, why I mean, was it's it? like... Mm, it, it's, it conjures up kind of horrible situations and scenarios in my head. Okay. Oh, about... Okay. So, oh, yeah. Bar- we'll we'll talk Pinab- about it in just a few minutes okay. right here. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Hi, Dora. Hi, how are you? Good. I have Dr. Debbie right here. What's going on? Okay. Well, I have a question. I have my, my dog. Uh, he's... Um, um, Jack Russell mixed with Chihuahua. Uh-huh. He's he's more or less like ten years old, <clears throat> and he has like a ear infection. So he has like um every time he walks, he shakes his head. So I I feel like he has like kind of water inside his ear. He has uh-huh. kind of okay. brownish, uh, I mean like kind of black outside his ears. Oh, okay. Kind of looks all like what I call Oreo cookie crumbs coming out of the yeah, ear. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. And does it smell? Uh, yes. Does he have any other problems on the rest of his body, scratching, chewing, anything? Or is it just his ears that seem to be bothering him? Just his ears. Well, th- this would be something where if I had your baby right here, I would definitely put one of my little otoscope cones, which is basically a way we look down a doggy's ear canal. Mm-hmm. Um my guess is I probably wouldn't see a lot because if we're having that much garbage coming out of the ear, we've got a pretty bad infection going on of some sort. Yeah. Um, so the question is what kind? And generally, um, what we veterinarians will do is we'll take a sample of it and look under the microscope and see what we've got. With mm-hmm. that kind of description of having this kind of Oreo cookie crumb looking stuff, you know, it's pretty open game of what's causing that. We could have something like ear mites, which are little microscopic critters that are itchy beyond all reason. So um, that would certainly explain why he might be shaking his head. Um, yeah. And that can be detected by taking a sample and looking. But other causes, bacteria as well as yeast, can commonly kind of take hold of the inside of a dog's ear and really take advantage of that if the environment's right. Dog ears are dark and moist down inside there, so it is just an environment that uh, if the scales tip in the wrong direction, it's not hard for them to get an infection of that kind. So I would certainly say a trip to the vet and getting a sample of that would be first and foremost on my list. And But there is a kind of a quick and simple thing you can do. If you can get a small little piece of this material, you can put it on a piece of white paper, take a little bit of hydrogen, hydrogen peroxide and spray it on there. Now, if we have real blood, it'll actually bubble and fuzz and, and do that kind of thing. If it doesn't, that tells us, ew, this is some real icky grit. This is some material, some kind of product of an organism, and we really need to... Um, you know, investigate along that pathway. Either which way, I, I think in your baby's case, we really need to get some good cleaning on that ear, get a good look down there, and get a sample. Because, yeah, if he's shaking, 
you know, that's kind of like us walking around tipping our head to the side. You know, there could be water, but it's probably more than water. It's probably this material kind of a kind of a congestion and an irritation that's causing them to do that. So, yeah, I would certainly say let's let's see the vet, get some medication going. And then in many cases, once we get past an ear infection, there's some things you can do to try to help prevent that down the road. Um, and there are some very good cleaners that help to keep the environment of the ear canal so that these kind of critters don't take advantage of that. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. We can't tell you why canine caviar is the only alkaline-based dog food, but we can tell you alkaline is proven to minimize the risk of renal failure and pancreatitis, reduce scratching, cellular degeneration, and disease keeping your furry friend youthful and healthy longer. And those are the reasons we can fit into this short commercial. But by visiting caninecaviar.com, you'll see exactly what we do to make a better food for your dog. Try the one and only alkaline dog food risk-free. Canine Caviar. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. It's Animal Radio. Celebrating the connection with our pets, toll-free, 1-866-405-8405. Doesn't spell anything, but it kind of has a little jingle to it. 1-866-405-8405. It flows. And don't forget, you can also ask your questions from the free Animal Radio app for iPhone, Android, and BlackBerry. So download it now. Last week, we were supposed to have America's Got Talent, Gary Vader, comedian Gary Vader, who who actually came in second place, did not win the competition, but very funny guy nonetheless, and is a big animal lover. I believe he has a couple of, uh, are they puggles? He has a couple of puggles, and I believe his wife has like a pet sitting business. Oh, really? Yes. We should be talking to her, too. <laughs> but he's going to be on the phone. You you rescheduled, and last week, it was a scheduling conflict. He yes. got one, one week. Because I had it one time, and I changed the date on him, and he forgot to put it on his calendar. So it's just a scheduling mix-up. Okay, so we'll give him a, a holler in the next hour. I just got off the phone with Jimbo, and Jimbo wanted to know what your books were. Got a brand new pug. And I Ooh. said, well, you got to check out Dr. Debbie's book. She has one on the Yorkshire Terriers, the Shih Tzus, the Pugs, and the Mini Schnauzers, How to Be Your Dog's Best Friend. And it's one of those electronic thingy books, you know? Like for your Kindle Kindle books. Kindle books. But yes. you can still use it on your iPad if you have the Kindle app. And, of course, a link over at the Animal Radio website. Check it out. Doctor. All you have to do is go to Amazon.com and put in Dr. Debbie White, and you'll get all her books there. Are there more on the way? You know, um, conceptually, um, it's just a matter of putting the pen to the paper and, uh, cause I'm old fashioned, you know, I'm, I'm, I like to type, but I, I'm, I'm, uh, gotta see it in paper in front of me, so. You're a good writer, I gotta tell you that right now. Let's, well, um, uh, let's go to Cheryl. Hey Cheryl, how are you doing? I'm doing okay, how are you guys doing? Good. Where are you calling from today? Um, Whittier, California. Okay, listening in Los Angeles. What's, uh, what's on your mind? I got the whole team here for you. Okay, I have a mama kitty and one of her kittens. She had them in my backyard a year ago, and she took the three away and left me the little kitty and her. Mm-hmm. But one thing, it kind of upsets me, they don't meow, they grunt. Right. <laughs> okay. And, uh, I don't are, know if this is normal. Sure can be, yeah. And a lot of people think that cats only meow. Um, now, the different ranges of the spectrum of cat vocalizations are many. So some cats will chirp. 
they'll chatter. Grunting is actually a way that um, newborn kittens kind of communicate to their mom and vice versa. So it's very natural, and it's, it, it becomes kind of their own language. So as long as it's associated with just normal kitty interaction, I'm not bothered by that at all. When it would be a concern is if at any time during handling, when you're picking up the cat, if you hear a grunt or a groan, because then that might make me alerted to some kind of problem internally, an, an abdominal discomfort, something like that. Um, but if they're just kind of hanging out and <clears throat> making little sounds to each other, that's totally fine. They're just they're just communicating. Yeah, because I ask them, okay, you guys hungry? Let's go eat. And they go, uh-uh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. so yeah, I try, so- you know, meowing, thinking maybe they'll pick it up. And they just look at me like, what the heck are you doing? Yeah. And, you know, the, the key here is that mom does it. So it, it's kind of like, you know, that New York accent that, accent that many people have. You pass that kind of accent on to your uh, family members. So just like, a, you know, a cat who uh, does more of, say, that silent meow, that if you, you know, I can't <laughs> make this sound because it's silent, but I had cats that did that, and it was a way that they communicated with each other. They would just kind of look at each other, make the movement, but not really any sound came out. Mm-hmm. Um, so you will find that in cats that kind of grow up and spend time together. Okay, so I, I'm not worried about it then. No, no. Like I said, as long as it's just through um, they're verbalizing things, um, but if it's when you're picking them up or if it's accompanied with any kind of sneezing, coughing, any other kind of breathing type sound, then that might be more troublesome. But you got grunchers. That's all. Okay. Thank you very much. (laughs) Thanks, Cheryl. I learned another thing today. Believe it. Two things in one show. Is that wild or what? The cats can grunt. It's a dialect. Yeah. We had a cat that spit once. A little baby kitten. They Oh, he was hissing at you, Hal. Well, that's how animals are around me. They hiss, they bark, they hate me. That's not Aww. true. Yes, it is. <laughs> no, it is. Animals like you, Hal. You just, I think you just, you got that, oh, woe is me kind of thing. But, you know, I've seen animals come up to you and not bite you and, you know. <laughs> Hi, Denise. How are you? Hi. Uh, have you ever heard of anything like this? I uh, have a German Jack Shepherd Russell. He's approximately 10 years old and, uh... I took him outside. I got home from a babysitting job, took him outside. He seemed fine. He uh, walked around, did his stuff, came back inside. We sat for about two hours, went back out uh, again for the last time for the night and had a terrible time trying to get him up out of his kennel. He would not get up, and when he did, he was limping, holding one paw up. And uh, that went on for about two days, and I finally said, what am I doing different? And I thought of what I had started giving him on Friday. And uh, okay. I stopped giving that to him, and the follow- by the following Thursday, he was back to his old power-pulling self. And what I was giving him was a popular name-brand bone treat-type cookie with glucosamine mm-hmm. chondroitin in it. So it, <sighs> made, it made him practically lame. I don't know. I, I have a hard time making that conclusion. The way that we can test that very easily, feed that to your dog for two days and let's see if he limbs. Because my, my, my bet, and I'm from Vegas, so, and I'm betting today, man, my bet is that it's not related to that. And it could be very well be just a soft tissue injury. The other thing would be, you know, in a 10-year-old dog, we have the potential for arthritis. Glucosamine is actually very useful um, to help uh, treat osteoarthritis and pain related to that. So it's really not something I can make a, a connection saying that treat likely caused a limping 
smoking problem. And uh, But like I said, the best way to test that uh, theory is to give that to him for two days, see if that limping resumes. Chances are it was probably some soft tissue injury, and it was going to improve on its own no matter what we did. Um, you know, whether uh, you know we used some holistic therapy or we took a you know chicken and rolled it over his head or whatever. So, yeah, I don't think it has anything to do with that. one 405 to talk with anyone here at Animal Radio. I am the family dog, and it's that time of year again. The one where pet parents start looking for Fido-friendly hotels and destinations where Fido is welcome. Make no bones about it. Pets are part of the family, and we like to sniff out new places, too. And we hate to be turned away, especially when we're on our best behavior. So we won't be left out in the cold. Be sure to pick up a copy of Fido Friendly Magazine to find the best hotels and destinations where Fido is always welcome. Go online to FidoFriendly.com and subscribe today. Geico presents a voicemail from your friend, Tree. Tree here, just calling to say thanks for letting me crash at your place the other night. (laughs) Well... On your place. It was a rough night. I had a bit too much wind, and I think I, I might have broke your chimney, actually. So, yeah. Um, oh, any chance you'd want to drop off my tire swing? Yeah. I mean, if not, that's cool. Okay, later. Trees won't pay for tree damage. Luckily, one call to the GEICO Insurance Agency makes it easy to switch and save on homeowners insurance. This is an Animal Radio News Update brought to you by Fear Free. Fear Free takes the pet out of petrified and puts the treat into treatment. To learn more and find a certified Fear Free veterinary professional near you, visit FearFreePets.com. I'm Lori Brooks. Hey, for the first time, a state has specifically said that a companion animal deserves to be treated better in a divorce proceeding more than just a piece of property like they are now. And they also say that the court may award custody of the pet on the basis of what is best for the dog or the cat, not the human owners. That's right. This is a big one, friends. It's a first. Alaska divorce courts will now treat pets more like children, even though in the eyes of the law, animals are considered property. But in Alaska, they have added an amendment to the state's divorce statutes, and it's uh, pretty much music and barks or meows, rather, to the world of animal law and everyone it affects. It makes Alaska the first state in the country to require courts to take into consideration the well-being of the animal and to explicitly empower judges to be able to assign joint custody of pets. It also allows courts to include pets in domestic violence protective orders and requires the owners of pets seized in cruelty or neglect cases. Those people have to cover now the cost of sheltering their pets as the case goes through the courts. And by the way, an interesting tidbit here. One of the authors of this new bill in Alaska was a state lawmaker who once handled a divorce case that resulted in joint custody of an entire sled dog team. Wow. Isn't that like (laughs) 20-some dogs? Yeah, that's a lot. That's a big one. I got to say, this is pretty impressive. And what mostly astonishes me is that when I think about what state would be the first state to do that, I would have never have guessed. I would have said California, New York. Exactly. But we lived up there in Alaska, and it is so far advanced as far as the technology and everything. They have to be because they're so cut off from the rest of the world. They're really, they're not lagging behind. They're setting the precedent on a lot of things. 
things. Anyway. I forgot you lived in Alaska, but yeah, you're right. I applaud Alaska. Yay. I hope the rest of the nation takes uh, heed to this. Well, at least five dogs have become sick, and one has died after eating Avengers brand hunk of beef canned dog food. Avengers is a pretty good brand, and you'll find it in uh, premium pet stores. The reason they're recalling this is because of barbiturate. Pentabarbital has been found in one lot of the food cans, and the company is concerned that some people might still have unused cans of it around in their home. So Avengers is recalling five lots in total of the 12-ounce cans of hunk of beef dog food that have expiration dates of June 2020, which were distributed in 15 states. And because this could be fatal, we want you to know those states where they were distributed include Washington, California, Minnesota, Illinois, Indiana, Michigan, Wisconsin, Ohio, Pennsylvania, New York, Massachusetts, Maryland, South Carolina, Georgia, and Florida. And by the way, you can find the lot numbers that are being recalled on our Animal Radio app. Again, the brand is Avengers. And by the way, we're also going to have this story with all of the numbers and information you need on our website at AnimalRadio.com if you don't have the app on your phone. Now, any word yet as to why there was uh, barbiturates in uh, pet food? Isn't that bizarre? <laughs> yes, that is a weird no. thing. Yeah, have not you know, heard. you better be careful. We'll, we'll have we'll have a lot of people going out there trying to buy pet food and eating it. Um, <laughs> you know, oh. they, find that, they find the tainted pet food. You're gonna look but for that's that. That's like Good the whole country. I, could, I couldn't even name. I couldn't even name all those states myself. Um, if if I had to think of them, so that's a that's a giant recall. That really is. Jeez. Yes. So um, I have a happy story to end with here. There was a dog. Did you guys probably heard about this? A dog, a dachshund. Uh, that had a broken spine, broken back, was found in a trash bag last month. And uh, luckily it was found by a, a wonderful woman who has since given this little dog, poor little Francis, in Pennsylvania, her forever home. Oh. So she just happened to, yeah, be out taking a walk early one morning. And uh, this woman, when she found the dog, and she came upon the trash bag with Francis inside of it, and actually the woman who found her wasn't the woman who adopted her, but the story was all over the news because it was pretty horrific, if you can imagine anybody doing that. And, uh, you know, just a little doxy, but now Francis has a brand new wheelchair, and she's been adopted by a woman who already had two doxies, and she says now all three of them are getting along and playing together just fine, and uh, Francis is wonderful. Oh, that's great. I like that. That's a good story. Yeah. Let oh, karma nice. bite the person who did it. Bite him in the butt. Yeah. <laughs> um, and a couple other places. Yeah. I'm Lori Brooks. Get more breaking animal news anytime at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update brought to you by Fear Free. The veterinarian isn't typically thought of as your pet's favorite place to go. With Fear Free, that all changes. To learn more and find a certified Fear Free veterinary professional near you, visit fearfreepets.com. Hi, friends. This is Dr. Marty Becker, America's veterinarian. As you know, going to the vet can be a traumatic experience for your pet, but it doesn't have to be that way. In fact, vet visits can be something your pet looks forward to. Introducing Fear Free. When your veterinarian is Fear Free certified, you'll be assured your pet's vet visit is more free of fear, anxiety, and stress than ever before. Fear Free takes the pet out of petrified, and it puts the treat into treatment. To find a certified Fear Free veterinarian near you, go to fearfreepets.com. 
This healthy serving of Animal Radio is brought to you by the grain-free Red Barn Naturals canned food for dogs and cats. Always made in the USA with natural, functional ingredients to support your pet's optimal health. Learn more over at redbarninc.com. And thanks, Red Barn, for underwriting Animal Radio. Hey, Mike. How are you? Hey, hi. Good. How are you? I got a question for uh, Dr. Debbie. She's right here. All right. Hey. <laughs> I recently got a dog about a year ago from a uh, rescue shelter. I believe it's part Rottweiler, part Basset Hound. It's not concoction, but it's pretty cool. Anyways, okay. It's, it's real timid. I mean, uh, even we've had it for uh, almost a year now, and it's real timid. And uh, like it'll go outside, and then it'll come knock on the door to one in, and uh, you go to let it in, and it'll just run away, you know, and it's really scared. And I just didn't know if there was anything that I should do or need to do to help relieve some of the stress on this dog because I can just see that it's really scared and I just hate to see it go through something like that. Yeah, well, definitely. I mean, you mentioned one thing already is uh, exercise, physical activity. That is definitely something that I like to do to dispel some of that energy and some of the nervous energy. So that would be something very important, getting on a running program. Uh, well, I guess a basset hound. If I'm picturing those legs, maybe we're not going to be the best runner, but some other activity, ball playing, uh, fetch, something like that. And then we're going to talk about some of the different things behaviorally that you can do. And basically for a fearful dog, what we need to do is look at what in their environment scares them. Is it sights, sounds? Is it everything, uh, people, um, other animals, you name it. And we really want to look at what those triggers might be. Then what we're going to try to do is, in the meantime, we're going to avoid some of those scary things while we can, and we're going to try to teach confidence. So we're going to train those basic commands. I always go back to the basic things, leash training, sit down, stay calm, um, and then throw in some fun things like shaking, give paw. We're going to work on those behaviors, and when we're faced with something scary, we're going to try to practice those uh, skills instead of be af- being afraid of a car driving by or a hot air balloon going overhead, and we practice those and give the dog something else to do, and we have to schedule this as a training session. So it's something you got to work on. Spend a lot of time um, every day focus on practicing those training behaviors and trying to get past some of the fearful stuff. Now, you may need to see about if, if our fears are pretty overwhelming, we've got a lot of issues, I'll often throw some behavior medicine into the mix to help facilitate this. So um, there's a lot of different options out there. Um, Prozac, believe it or not, I use that quite a bit for dogs and cats. Um, other ones will be Clomacalm, Amitriptyline. Some of those can really help us make the pet relax a bit, be more trainable, and help them cope uh, with those fears. You can't rely on the medicine alone, so you got to do the whole stuff together. And many times I will advise a um, on-the-ground trainer to assist um, as we try to develop a training program for the pets. And then the other thing I always like to throw in, it's easy, it's simple, it's not a medication, is a pheromone product, a doggy collar that has the scent hormones that exude a kind of relaxing sensation to the pet. That can help when we're dealing with some of these phobias, but we can't use it, again, by itself. Use it all together, kind of hit them with everything, if you will, and and try to work through that. And then the number one thing that I'll say, Mike, that a lot of people do is we perpetuate the behaviors. So when your pet is scared or fearful, the last thing you want to do is say, Oh, it's okay. It's all right. Come by, Daddy. Because you will be... 
you will be making that worse. You are giving positive reinforcement for fearful, scared behavior, and that becomes, well, that's my expected response. That's what Dad wants me to do. So you have to stop that cycle on your end and only reward powerful, confident behaviors. They'll sit down, give me your paw, shake, follow me on this leash, and we're going to work through that confidently. And you exude confidence, he'll pick up on that, and then don't give in to the, the cowering, fearful behavior. Well, thank you very much. Uh, that, that all will help, and uh, yeah, I just hope we get through this. He's a great dog, and uh, I just want to want to get him so he's not so stressed. Oh, you'll get through it. You'll both get through it. Let us know if if you need to uh, uh, reconsult again with the doc. One eight six six four zero five eight four zero five. It's toll free here. You can also email us during the week. Your voice at animalradio.com. All of our addresses, everything over at the website, which is a bevy of resources, if I haven't told you recently. You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at animalradio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Geico presents a voicemail from your friend, Lightning. Hey, bud, Joe Pal Lightning. I was just hanging out in the old cloud of rue here. I thought I'd give you a call. <laughs> I hope you're still not sore about that time I uh, deep-fried your big-screen TV with that bolt. <laughs> yeah, I've been meaning to pay you back for that one, <laughs> for sure. Uh, a little short on cash at the moment, but uh, any day now. <laughs> yep. Well, anywho, talk later. Lightning won't pay for the damage it causes. Luckily, the GEICO Insurance Agency makes getting coverage a snap. Visit GEICO.com to see how affordable renter's insurance can be. Every week, Animal Radio's very own veterinarian, and when I say very own veterinarian, she takes care of our animals. Dr. Debbie commutes here from her Las Vegas office, which uh, she yeah. you do a pretty bustling business over there because it's a strange, let's face it, strange city, a lot of animals. Yeah, a lot of animals that are kind of unique, different. Uh, you know, we always get kind of unique people, too. <laughs> <laughs> you never know. Yeah. It's always so surreal there. I can't imagine living there. It's it's a normal environment, though. You know, it's you. just like, yeah, you go to the grocery store. So what? There's, you know, all the different gambling machines there. You just walk by it and you go down and get your gallon of milk and you go on your way. Now, as a, as a resident, I imagine you have to stay away from all of that stuff, right? You don't put any money in those machines, do you? No, I really don't. And I guess that's the good thing is that I really have never been drawn towards gambling. And, well, I, I lie. Okay. Once, Once when I first moved to town, I did have, I hadn't even started my job. I I went to the casino and uh, killed time, and I won like a thousand dollars. And wow. I thought, "This is great! That's you good. can really make money." I'm living so here. So then I, I'm like, "Yeah." <laughs> and then I went back the next day, and oh, okay, yeah, it, it's not it. that easy. And I realized, you know, you got to work and spend a lot of money to win a little bit. Sure, you <laughs> yeah. do. So, well, you've got a great it. practice, and I encourage, uh, especially if you're a trucker traveling across the country, you're always passing uh, on the 15 through Vegas, going uh, east or west. And uh, so your practice is, is uh, easy, highway, easy, accessible. If you live in the you Las Vegas it. area, check out. Let me make sure I get it. It's Lone Mountain Veterinary Clinic. Lone Mountain Animal Hospital. Animal Hospital. And we are not on the road named Lone Mountain, which confuses people greatly. Wow. <laughs> okay. We have all the information over at the website if you want to get in touch with uh, Dr. Debbie as your veterinarian. Let's uh, hit the phones right now. We have Dennis, I believe. Hi, Dennis. Hi. How are you doing? Doing good. Where are you today? Chesapeake, Virginia. Oh, it sounds beautiful. Oh, it's beautiful today. It's uh, 68, sunny, and no humidity. Oh, you're very, very nice. that. Beautiful. Love that. How's your pets? Our, my pet's doing very well. She just has uh, an annoying, I guess I would say an annoying behavior. Uh-huh. And I'm wondering if you could okay. help me with. 
All right, tell me all about her. All right, she's a she's a three and a half year old Rottweiler, and I've had her since she was a puppy. And I guess when uh, she was a puppy, I was walking her one evening, and something startled her, and it startled her so bad that uh, she actually like tore the leash out of my hand and started running the opposite way. And I actually had to run mm-hmm. about I don't know seventy five yards to catch her. And it seems like ever since then, and again, she's three and a half years old, I can walk, uh, when I walk her, uh, she walks very well. Uh, She doesn't leave me. She walks beside me. But she has a behavior where she is almost, um, she'll walk like 30 yards, look behind her, and then walk another 30 yards, look behind her. And Mm -hmm. I really can't keep her, like, focused on going forward. Okay. And I'm wondering if there's some some way that I can just help her to focus on just moving forward rather than, you know, looking behind us all the time. Mm-hmm. Sure. Now, um, when your, st- your style of walking her, how does she walk? Does she walk on your side? Does she walk ahead of you? Uh, and you're keeping uh, her on a leash, right? I'm keeping her on a leash. And when okay. I walk her, she walks almost uh, even with me, parallel with me on my side. Okay. Perfect. Good, because that's where we want it. Because that's where the confidence is being next to you. So, yes. Um, so yes, the negative experience, the fearful thing that set her off, um, that negative experience is by far stronger than all the good stuff that happens on her walks. So that's very hard to overcome. What we have to do is we're going to work on um, making that a very positive reward, and then we're going to also going to practice some maybe quiet times of the day. So in an area maybe where there's not a lot of activity, uh, quiet. And you know what? My, my own dog did this. He came back from, went away to a trainer. You sent him out to a trainer. Thought he'd come back great. Came back. He was fearful of walking by busy streets. Oh. And I was like, well, he went to the country. There's no busy streets in the country. <laughs> so um, I had to deal with this. And, and one of the big things is we worked on quiet streets um, that weren't quite so scary for him. And uh, we walked at low traffic times of the day when there's not a lot of activity. So that's one of the biggest things. Be smart about the times you're trying to practice this training. It's also helpful if you have a friend, family member, or a a good Samaritan, you can bribe to bribe your dog along these walks. Um, Not to be necessarily walking with you, but to be an encounter along the way. So that going out for these walks, um, you get a nice little snossage, um, or you get a goodie treat um, along the way. And that is something positive that's always going to be in front of her, never behind her, and to kind of give her that interest to get forward. Um, that plus walking very confidently and having her by your side. And if she starts to show interest in looking away, um, walk forward or redirect her to the different side. So she's looking to the left and says, Oh, what the heck's going on over there? Something's coming up on my left-hand side. Then you're going to go to the right. So you kind of divert her away from that. And some dogs do very well if we work on this with a head collar. And I don't know if you've ever seen one of those things. Um, there's a, different brand names out there, but basically they fit over the head and the, sn- and the snout. I call it the snoot, too. Sorry. <laughs> um, so they fit over that area, and it's a very effective way to train a large animal or a very active one and to go the direction you want them to. And the greatest example is if you look at a horse, it's a bridle, basically. Uh-huh. Um, so that's how that works is the head collar 
it's a non-painful way of just self-correcting. So you can kind of keep her head focused in the direction you want. Um, so that would be another great thing. And, you know, you might even try, um, a lot of times I use my pheromone collars. I do enjoy those, and I like to add that in. That's uh, the calming hormone that dogs can sense. We cannot, um, but it can help to kind of, in a non-medication way, help help her through this. So a lot of work for you there. Um, but, you know, this is definitely something I can feel some personal pain from and some personal success. So um, if you work on it, I, I think you'll get there, Dennis. All right, I'm looking forward to some success. Take care, and thanks for listening to Animal Radio, 1-866-405-8405 to connect with any one of the Dream Team right now. Allergy sufferers are hearing a lot of numbers these days about symptoms and relief, but the number sufferers want most is zero, as in zero nasal allergy symptoms. And nothing gets you closer to zero than Nasacort, because unlike antihistamines that stop only one cause of your allergy symptoms, Nasacort stops more, and stopping more gets you closer to zero. For 24-hour relief of your worst nasal allergy symptoms, including congestion, choose Nasacort. It stops more of what makes you miserable. Use as directed. Celebrating the connection with our pets, this is Animal Radio, featuring your dream team, veterinarian Dr. Debbie White and groomer Joey Villani. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. And welcome. We're going to head back to the phones for your calls toll-free at 1-866-405-8405 for Dr. Debbie. Uh, she takes the behavior questions, the medical questions. She's kind of a well-multifaceted. She's Even a multifaceted kind of gal. Training questions. And we're, and, and we're talking dental care quite a bit this month, aren't we? Because it is National Pet Dental Care Month. And apparently you're the only one that uh, brushes their animals' teeth every day. You know, we sit here. We preach. We <laughs> generally scum. we are scum. I feel bad about <laughs> oh, it. Come on, you guys. Hey, I'm just going to throw statistics out there, and you know that by the age of three years of age, almost 80 percent of dogs and cats already have periodontal disease. So this is something we need to start good habits for the people and pets in the home before they get to three years of age, so we can avoid this kind of problem. Yeah. What if it's after that? I mean, is it too late now for me to start with my 14 year old cat? You know, 14, um, you know, starting home care may be challenging for a cat at that age, but for any pet, you know, we want to make sure the mouth is properly cleaned. Uh, so see your veterinarian for a dental cleaning and then figure out where we can pick up from there, um, with home care, uh, steps. Some, not every dog's going to let you as an adult dog. What is the easiest way to do it? Because Dr. Debbie, you said that your dogs go to like the grooming table or whatever. So mm-hmm. in a house where we're, we're not veterinarians, what's, What's a good makeshift area to get them up and off the floor where we can do it comfortably? You can do it on your lap, on a couch, on a chair. Um, you can sit on the floor as long as you're not doing it in a restraining manner. And it's it's something that you are inviting the pet to come over and rewarding them for doing that. So we're not so restraining we, them. We're not we're not uh, holding them or forcing them into place. Not forcing them. I mean, you're going to have to you know hold them in some fashion so that they don't wiggle away or don't fall off of the chair or the table just for their own safety. Um, but for example, you know, I start my dogs you know usually on the floor and I sit down there with them and put the toothpaste on my finger and rub on their gums and we only brush the outside of the teeth you don't really have to get inside the mouth or pry their mouth open um you know most of what we need to do is on the outer arcade um of the mouth so it's it's pretty easy to access and you don't have to lift the lips you can go by feel 
So if you can feel with your finger, you're rubbing along the gum and the tooth interface, you're in the right place. Um, so just to set up that good experience, you don't have to be so precise at the at beginnings. Um, then with time, we build up to using a brush, um, and we're going to work a little harder, um, maybe on um, spending time on each tooth. I spend a couple minutes brushing my dog's teeth, and that's about it. Mm. Um, so it doesn't have to be a really labor-intensive thing. Starting earlier, starting when they're young is yeah. the best. Coming up in just a few minutes, last hour we talked about pentobarbital being found in Evanger's food. And this is a, a barbiturate. And we were curious how it might have gotten there. This hour, we'll give you our conspiracy theory. Or Dr. Debbie will tell us. She's the smart one here. She's the one that's gone to college and knows what it might be. And we'll mm-hmm. tell you about that coming up in just a few minutes. Why pentobarbital might be in Evanger's food and the recall behind that on the way. Lori, what are you working on for the bottom of this hour? In Germany, they have a great idea. I don't know. It, they say this is what prevents their shelters from being overrun and allows them to have a, a working no-kill policy in their shelters. And it's also a way of cutting back on dog bites, you know, and those kind of accidents. So we'll tell you what they do in Germany and see if, you know, talk about maybe will it work here. They make a great car. I'll tell you that right now. (laughs) Also on the way, in just a few minutes, we're going to attempt to call Gary Vader. Comedian Gary Vader. Last week, we had a scheduling gafu, gafa, and uh, so this week, we will try to call him. It was a snafu. Yes. Uh, He's doing one of these comedy events called Funny for Fido, where all these comics get around and they raise money for the animals. We'll find out more about it in just a few minutes. We have, uh, is it, uh, which one are we going to? Line one. Hi, Lori. How are you? Hi. I'm doing fine. How are you? Good. Where are you today? Uh, I'm in Indiana. How can we help you? Uh, I have a uh, large dog, uh, Malamute, and his mother was a registered lab. And uh, I noticed a uh, knot on the back of his neck a few months ago, and he's been having goobers in his eyes that look like blood, and he's been slobbering a lot. And I'm wondering if that's, you know, if I should really be worried about it. Okay. Is it is the slobbering is the drooling one sided or is it just kinda all all out of the mouth all over? Uh I think it's just one sided. I'm not for sure about it. I'm okay. pretty sure it's just one sided though. I've noticed stain on the cover on his bed. Okay. And is he rubbing yeah. at his eyes or his face at all? Are you seeing him no. bother with that? No. Okay. But when I, when I clean his eyes it's it definitely looks like blood. Okay. Well, and, you know, dogs do have some pigment changes to their tears in their eye into their saliva. And there's kind of a natural brown color that can come from the tears in the saliva. And, in fact, if you ever notice a dog that licks their feet a lot, you see kind of a brown staining, kind of like a rust staining of the fur. So... Some of that could fall into that category. I'm a little bit concerned because you mentioned some of that drooling accompanied with the eye discharge. And um, I guess the first thing I would consider would be the possibility that something inside the mouth, inside the oral cavity, that that could be causing some problems there. Um, something as simple as a bad tooth or an infected root on a tooth can cause problems in the eye on that same side. And believe it or not, a lot of times we'll diagnose a, a bad tooth by by a pet that has a sore right below the eye and uh, or excessive discharge from the eye. So that would be something I would certainly do. I would lift up your pet's lip, look in the mouth, and, you know, certainly, you know, at a pet that age, I would 
get them to a vet just so we can have a good checkup um, from the head to the toe. Um, but that would definitely be something that I could explain some of those signs. Otherwise, you know, there are some basic eye infections, some conjunctivitis problems where we need to get a pet on antibiotics. And uh, they can actually have sometimes a bloody discharge from the eyes. So um, that too, you know, I'd like to look through the microphone, but I don't know that I can see all the way to Indiana. And, and by the way, hey, hey, uh, you know, I'm a uh, Hammond, Indiana oh, resident yeah. originally. <laughs> Got to put my little shout out there. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so I would certainly say, you know, looking at those eyes and potentially treating any infection that's there and, and getting a good look inside that mouth. So uh, I would certainly say, uh, you know, get your, get your vet to take a good look there. Yeah, I did make an appointment at the vet. I took him by there uh, yesterday, but the vet was going to be out until Monday. And Yeah, uh, what is that? You know, why are all the vets in, in Las Vegas working today? <laughs> I, I, they didn't tell me where he was, so I don't know. He may be in Vegas. Hey, hey. <laughs> You'll never know because what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. Thank you That's so much true. for your call today, one 405 8405 to connect with any one of the Dream Team. Hi, Sarah. How are you doing? Hi, I'm good. Thank you. Dr. Debbie's right here for you. What can we do for you today? Well, I have, um, uh, she's one year and six months, and she's a Jack Russell. And she's a really good dog and a very smart dog. When it comes to hunting, like if a squirrel goes by, then I have no control. And I wondered what you advised for me to teach her to listen to me versus hunting. Okay, and is this when she's on leash, or is this uh, if she's off leash? It doesn't really matter. Like, I was in Florida for three months, and they have cats at the farm, and she's not trying to hurt them, but she she wants to chase. So I had to keep her tied up or in the pen the whole time I was at the farm because she was just obsessed with them. Oh, sure, Uh, yeah. And you know what? When you said um, Jack Russell and chasing, they kind of fit into almost a category of their own. Um, such super dogs, high energy though, and they particularly can be actually some of the worst cat killers out there um, because they're fast and they're bred basically for chasing critters. Now, for any dog, chasing is a kind of a prey chasing instinct, and it can be very strong for some dogs. Jack Russells, I do find that this can be a a special problem for them. The hard thing is, is that we can try to train her away from that response to seeing those critters, but in some dogs, we can fail. And some of that instinct is just so strong that little critters around them can be at risk, and and they can really hurt and kill kill these little guys. So um, all that being said, we proceed with caution. And um, what I would really work on is we basically work on what's called focused attention exercises. So with a quiet situation indoors with no critters around, we're going to start a training program. Uh, Start on a leash, even indoors, because that way you keep attention and you keep control of where your doggy's going and we want to have her rewarded for looking at you for listening to you just staring at you and that you're going to do by giving her constant treats now when you're doing that you don't want to reward her and give her treats while she's looking away you want her to sit stay look at you and you just feed her a treat and you keep feeding her treats and hopefully we won't get a fat dog out of this and hopefully we'll get a dog who understands that This is what you do, and you get praised. Pay attention to mom. And then we're going to gradually work up 
Two, situations that can be a little bit more interesting. There's things going on, uh, people or other animals nearby. And the idea with that is we just make it so overwhelming of a good thing and reward her attention towards you and not pay attention to those other animals. And if she does, we don't want to make a big deal. We don't want to scream and yell because then we can create more anxiety in the issue and feed this problem. So that's the basic core to it. Now, you can do that with treats. You can do it. Some folks have a lot of luck with uh, clicker training, um, and that's a great tool uh, to help catch a dog's attention and train them to a behavior. So that would be something that could be considered as well. And, you know, just like I said, the big thing is some of these little terriers are just really tough on this. So you have to be very, very cautious. Um, and it may take a little work with even a trainer to kind of help you on the ground with some of these things. Um, but, uh, you know, you can, you can get there. It's just a lot of uh, energy has to be focused on um, everyone in the household to train her to do in this. So I think you can do it. And hopefully she hasn't caught a squirrel because that, that's the worst once they get that because then they uh, get the reinforcement. Yeah, I don't think so because she's never really just chasing. Yeah, that's just like right out of the movie Up, isn't it? <laughs> the dog. Squirrel. <laughs> Thanks for your call, Sarah. We appreciate it. one 405 8405 You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. All dogs should eat a pH-balanced alkaline diet. An alkaline diet reduces health risks and can also reduce scratching, shedding, and hot spots. So does this mean you need to check your dog's pH balance? No, because canine caviar has created the first and only alkaline dog food that is pH-balanced. It also has the highest metabolized calories. What does this mean? Your dog needs to eat less. Get a healthier dog and save money with Canine Caviar products. Find them at your local pet supply store or online at caninecaviar.com. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. It's Animal Radio, celebrating the connection with our pets. We'll head back to the phones, toll-free, 1-866-405-8405 for Dr. Debbie or Joey Volani. Lori, what are you working on for news this hour in a few minutes? Um, we're going to look back. A couple of weeks ago, we were, you know, everybody was all abuzz about uh, A Dog's Purpose, the movie, and how they allegedly treated a dog on the set of that movie with that leaked video that came out. So now they've done a report on the leaked video, and what did they find? Mm. Very interesting. Sounds suspicious. Mm-hmm. We'll find yeah. out in just a few minutes right here on Animal Radio. Last hour, you revealed that there's a recall of Avengers food, dog food, uh, because they yeah, found... Yeah, hunk of beef is the, the kind of canned dog food from Avengers that's being recalled. And what they find in, in it? In, they found in it uh, a barbiturate, a pentobarbital. To be specific, but this is is a huge recall because it's in uh, nearly a third of the states in the country. All the largest states: California, Illinois, New York, Massachusetts. I mean, everywhere. But they found in it. I mean, how did they find pentobarbital? How could that get in there? Was it somebody in like the the factory where it's canned and dumped it in? Was it malicious? I don't know. Doctor Debbie, what do you think? Yeah. Oh, well, pentobarbital is in the class of anesthetics, and um, it's actually 
one of the agents that's commonly used to euthanize uh, dogs and cats. So oh, no. the presence of this would make one concerned that whatever meat product had received that drug um, either as an anesthetic agent or as, you know, a euthanasia agent. So I think that's where kind of the conspiracy theories um, and, and whether they're founded or unfounded, you know, concerns of, you know, dog or cats that are ending up rendered in foods. Um, but, you know, likewise, that could be any other type of, you know, stock that was euthanized using that, which is not a typical thing they do for, you know, animals Cows. destined for the food world. No. Um, it's just you, you don't want this kind of residue, um, and and I think it's it's the whole ew, like the ick factor of what where's this food coming from that it really causes consumers to be uh, concerned in that avenue. And so you're saying livestock like cows or what was expected to be in this particular. Lori said it was hunk of beef, so I'm assuming that we're talking about a cow right. here. Cows are not usually euthanized or no, put not- to slaughter with uh, pentobarbital. Mm-hmm. Exactly. No, they they use alternate means because the whole idea is, you know, for humans and um, animals, you know, any kind of meat product, we don't want any residues that are going to be a detriment. Um, now, will this, you know, it's unlikely at really low levels it's going to cause a health concern for a pet. Um, but I think it really is going to pause everyone um, and say, you know, what's going on? You know, where is this food sourced from as well as other foods as well? And I think that's a reasonable question to to raise. But it did cause Isn't harm. Isn't that it something that's death? Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Like little tiny dogs would be maybe more susceptible because of their size. Yeah, per- perhaps. And and I guess I'm thinking, you know, from past things. I, I didn't hear that the pets had actually passed away. Yeah, there so there has been a death wow. from this. Yeah. It, would that have been something that was used? You said it was for maybe anesthesia for something for the cow, and you know. Prior to being euthanized, maybe an injury or something, maybe it well, was treated. By the way, euthanized is not the word here. Slaughtered is the word here. Slaughtered. Right. Yes. Well, any animal that's destined for slaughter and for the food um, kind of pathway, um, there's there's residues and there's withholding times for any kind of anesthesias, medications that are used. So um, if those are all followed correctly, this kind of thing should not happen in a, a food production animal. Wow. Um, I think the real big kind of question is, okay, you know, what other kind of meat products were added to this as a source of protein and is that possibly where this came from are you thinking dr debbie i'm just going to say it um maybe small animals who are euthanized to uh in great numbers uh maybe possibly being mixed in there I think that's the concern, and and with with folks, you know, when we look at quality foods versus lesser quality foods, sometimes, I hate to say, you you get what you pay for, but if there's a very inexpensive food that doesn't clearly source its meat proteins, it it I think it's for scrutiny. Um, you know, if all the uh, ingredients are listed as, you know, pork, chicken, beef, and it's clearly indicated, and that's a quality product that is tested. Um, I think that's uh, makes you feel a little bit better, but it's it's in these kind of questionable gray zones that we just, I think we all need to go looking a little closer. Well, we're not talking about Old Roy here. We're talking about a brand that uh, people, many people generally think is being a premium food, which is interesting. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know what's scary is uh, my dad was an engineer in a meatpacking plant for many years, and there are many kinds of meat that he will not eat, and that's for a human consumption meat, uh, like pastrami and that kind of stuff. Absolutely not. He's like, you Why? have no idea. And, and that's <laughs> like tell pastrami. Me, I think. 
that human, you know, that humans are going to eat. So you know how unregulated the pet food industry is. It, it, I guess you know what Dr. Debbie's saying is it's not hard to believe. But what's in pastrami? <laughs> okay, well, I, I, I'll, give, I'll give you a meat, meat science lesson here. So if you have meat like a steak, you're yes. getting just the flesh. Yes. So if you have something that's like a ground-up beef or a ground-up meat product, you're kind of getting a little bit of everything. So you could have contamination of that meat from other parts of the animal. So you like might hot have dogs. The, yeah. So you could have like yeah. the entrails. So you could have like the the, the GI Lips. tract, other things mixed in that have different bacteria loads in those areas naturally, and they're kind of all mixed together. So that's why sausage really enough. shouldn't be rare. It should be cooked. Right. <laughs> oh, no more sausage or pastrami. Okay, it's going to be a vegetarian day here at the Animal Radio. <laughs> You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at AnimalRadio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Hi, this is Paul Reiser, and you're listening to Animal Radio. Every minute you're here, you're not harming someone else. I don't know what that means. (laughs) If it's usable, use it. Otherwise, cut it and get out. People say less is more. At Red Barn, we think less is better. It's what you won't find that sets our natural premium pet food apart. No byproducts, no corn or soy, no fillers. Just the natural ingredients your pets need to live the healthy life they deserve. Look at the label. We want you to. Red Barn Naturals Pet Food. Simply the best. Find it in your local pet specialty store. Red Barn canned food for cats and dogs is grain and gluten free. This is an Animal Radio News Update brought to you by Fear Free. Fear Free takes the pet out of petrified and puts the treat into treatment. To learn more and find a certified Fear Free veterinary professional near you, visit FearFreePets.com. I'm Lori Brooks. To follow up on a story we did a couple of weeks ago, the official report is now out on that leaked video from the movie A Dog's Purpose. The video, if you didn't see it, but I think everybody did, showed a, a frightened dog being forced into some churning water during filming of the movie. An independent report by a board-certified veterinarian is out now and concludes the video was misleadingly edited and the German Shepherd Hercules was unharmed. Now, American Humane, the group that oversees all animals on film sets, says uh, the decision by the individual or individuals who captured and deliberately edited that footage and then waited 15 months to release it only days before the movie's release raises some serious questions about their motives and ethics. The report confirms that the video was deliberately edited for the purpose of misleading the public and stoking outrage. And boy, did it ever. Uh, the findings in the report also revealed that the two scenes that are shown in that leaked edited video were actually filmed at different times, not even connected, and then edited together to make it look, you know, like one big long scene. American Humane, which had an animal safety representative on the set, acknowledged, uh, as for their part, that the handling of the dog in the first scene in the video should have been much more gentle and the signs of stress should have been recognized earlier as well. But they say uh, the scene did not proceed 
as insinuated by the video. And uh, after shooting that scene, they say that Hercules was immediately taken, how Hollywood is this, to a warming tent where an examination found no signs of stress. The American Humane, didn't you just say they admit that they should have been able to recognize the, the signs yes, of stress they did. in his face? Yeah. Whether or not the dog was harmed or not is not the question. It's whether or not an organization who is deemed to certify this it should be getting a paycheck. Of course, we, I worry about I the agree, dog I agree being with hurt, you there, Hal. Yeah. Definite conflict of interest. Yes, that's what I meant to say. Thank mm-hmm. you, Hal. Okay, in other news, uh, the United Arab Emirates, the UAE over in the Middle East, has outlawed the ownership of wild animals as pets. And that ends uh, a pretty expensive hobby of some wealthy citizens there who are fond of posting snapshots of themselves with their lions and tigers and cheetahs all over social media. The new law is going to ban the trade and ownership of wild or exotic pets for any individual, but does not affect zoos or circuses and breeding or research centers. And violators will be facing jail time and fines of up to $136,000. And uh, usually the animals aren't even that expensive, but animal welfare experts over there in the Middle East say those big cats are often illegally smuggled out of their native countries. And that is so concerning since cheetah populations have plummeted in just the past few decades. Now, in Germany, there is a legal difference between pet owners. Do you own a dog or do you own a cat? Because in Germany, dog owners are taxed for their pet, while cat owners are not. An estimated 13 million cats call Germany home, and that does not include the strays there. Officials say the justification for the dog tax is partly because dog owners, and you know who you are, often don't clean up after their dog in public, you know, their dog goes, you know, potty in public areas. But dogs in Germany... Also, just the dogs must be licensed, neutered, microchipped, and depending on the breed, they have to undergo an official character test to determine whether or not they should be muzzled when they're out in public. So there's a lot of responsibilities there, but German officials say all those policies help to prevent shelters from being overrun and also allows them to stick to a strict no-kill policy as well as uh, limiting biting incidents there. Mm-hmm. Do they have people that go around and pick up that poop? City workers, county workers, state mm-hmm. workers. Mm-hmm. Park, pipa, uh, poop, park, poop, pickup patrols. Mm. Those wacky Germans. <laughs> Say that three times real fast. <laughs> I couldn't do it. I'm Lori Brooks. Get more breaking animal news anytime at animalradio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update brought to you by Fear Free. The veterinarian isn't typically thought of as your pet's favorite place to go. With Fear Free, that all changes. To learn more and find a certified Fear Free veterinary professional near you, visit fearfreepets.com. Hi, friends. This is Dr. Marty Becker, America's veterinarian. As you know, going to the vet can be a traumatic experience for your pet, but it doesn't have to be that way. In fact, vet visits can be something your pet looks forward to. Introducing Fear Free. When your veterinarian is Fear Free certified, you will be assured your pet's vet visit is more free of fear, anxiety, and stress than ever before. Fear Free takes the pet out of petrified, and it puts the treat into treatment. To find a certified Fear Free veterinarian near you, go to fearfreepets.com. I'm Beth Stern on Animal Radio and Adopt from Your Local Shelter. 
You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at AnimalRadio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. You know, we were talking about this last week. Remember when AGT was, uh, when it was good? It was like a couple years ago, at least. No, some people think it might still be good. And uh, Gary Vader. Okay, AGT, is yeah. that what you said? Yeah, AGT, yes. America's Got Talent. And uh, uh, okay. you might remember we were talking about Gary Vader, who actually should have won that. I think everyone voted for I, There's something going on. I think that it was hacked. The <laughs> the election or the voting was hacked. Hacked, probably. Last month. Some ventriloquist won that year. Uh, we have Gary on the phone. Hey, Gary, how are you doing? Good. How's it going? Very good. We calling you at All home? Right. You at home right now? Uh, I am at home. Just sitting down. Set the scene for us. You got the animals around you? Um, yeah, I have two dogs. They're actually uh, they're running around something each other. Boy, that's... Okay, uh, I'm working. Right on cue. <laughs> yeah. You know what? There's a bad connection here. Do you have okay. another phone? Um, I don't have another phone. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, uh, Judy was saying before that it was rough to hear, but uh, normally it's, you know, it's fine. So in the background, you got your puggles, Ernie and Marty, right? Correct. Yeah, I have two dogs, and they're barking right now. <laughs> Are they amused for your comedy writing? Um, you know, I don't even think they actually know I do comedy. They don't know. Not. Yeah, <laughs> you know, no. They, um, you know, they're you know they're amusing in their own way. So that you know, uh, I don't think it's it's more about you know they're just good dogs in general. So I love hanging out with them. Yeah, and they're good. They're good. They're good for peace of mind, and they actually they help me write. You know. Yeah. They're not in any of my. They're not in any of my jokes, but you know they keep me calm. Yeah. And they're nice to come. They're nice to come home to at night. Yeah. You know what? I think the ventriloquist is taking hold of our our phone lines here. <laughs> Because we we cannot hear you, it, it sounds absolutely atrocious, and I think Judy's giving me the wrap this up signal here. But you're doing an event; it's okay. called Funny for Fido. It's a uh, a bunch of comics that do this. What do they do it every month, or how often do these guys do it? Uh, they do it once a month. That's Dan uh, in New York City. Okay, we'll put all the information about Funny for Fido over at the website at animalradio.pet. Hello, everyone. It's Robert Semro, your Pet World Insider, here with this week's Animal Radio Listomania, five ways to a better smile and dental health for your pets. I've seen plenty of pets whose smile can melt a heart from any distance. I've also seen some pets whose smiles can stop traffic and are great candidates for doggy or kitty dentures. Dental health for your pets is as important for them as it is for you. As we've all learned over the years, dental health and the lack thereof can impact all the body's systems and cause problems beyond a bad smile. Here's a few tips to help ensure that your pet will enjoy dental health for years to come. Number one, know the signs. The signs that your dog or cat may be suffering from dental health problems include some or all of the following. Bad breath, excessive drooling, inflamed gums, loose teeth, a lack of interest in food or water, tumors in the gums, or cysts under the tongue. If you're seeing any of these signs, talk with your vet and have them do an examination and plan a course of action. Number two, you should regularly check your pet's gums. They should be pink and not showing any injuries or black or white areas, and there should be no swelling or pockets where food can get lodged or stuck into. It's important to help your pets feel comfortable with you and or your pet partners touching and viewing the insides of their mouth. 
it's best to start this when they're young, but equally important to just make it a pleasant experience. Number three, have a regular maintenance plan for the dental health of your pet. Speak with your pet healthcare professionals about what you should be doing and how often you should be doing it. Number four, if you're going to brush your pet's teeth, do so with a pet-safe toothbrush and or pet-safe teeth cleaners. Remember, you should only use pet-specific toothpaste as well. If you're uncomfortable about doing this, ask your veterinarian or check with your local pet experts to find out about professional pet teeth cleaning. There's a number of different types available these days. Some of them include anesthesia, while others don't. Consult your expert to know which is best for your pet. Number five. Talk with your vet and pet healthcare expert about toys, treats, chews that not only help with the anxiety and boredom, but can also support the dental health of your pets. And talk with your vet and pet nutrition expert about foods and supplements that can help aid in dental health as well as digestive support. Remember that pets rely on their teeth not only for eating, but also for protection, play, and overall health. Dental health impacts everything they do on a daily basis. So an unhealthy mouth can not only disrupt their eating and drinking behaviors, but also their overall behavior. It's not just about their smile on the outside, but their smile on the inside. Share your ideas on how to help with pet dental health on our Animal Radio Facebook page. You're listening to Animal Radio. Find us at AnimalRadio.com. Log on, learn more. Dogs or cats, horse or emu, animals are people too. Just when you thought there couldn't be any more cell phones, how about a cell phone for your dog? PetCell, the first dog cell phone, will soon be on the market. PetCell is a small bone-shaped phone, I'm not kidding, that hangs on your dog's collar. It works like a regular cell phone with its own phone number. You call in an access code from your phone and you can talk to your dog. Lassie, come home now! The phone also has a sort of GPS tracking device that can alert you when your dog strays out of your yard. Now, there's talk of one for cats, too, but I'm thinking most cats would like a cell phone with voicemail so they can ignore you and come home whenever they feel like it. I'm Britt Savage for Animal Radio. Animals are people, too. Animal Radio. This is Animal Radio. This is the story of the shaving company called Harry's. In an epic battle of David versus Goliath... In the early 1980s, a child was born. Two of them, actually. Their names were Jeff and Andy. Time went by, they developed facial hair, and one day, something happened. Andy got ripped off buying overpriced razors. So they decided to start their own shaving company and fix shaving once and for all. They hired the best designers. They bought a 95-year-old German blade factory. And they started selling high-quality razors online with no upcharging direct to customers. How did the overpriced razor company respond? By threatening to sue their pants off. Don't worry, Jeff and Andy have plenty of pants and a relentless dream to give all guys a great shave at a great price. Try Harry's free. They'll send you a razor with five German blades, foaming shave gel, and even a travel blade cover when you sign up. Just cover shipping. Plus, get a free post-shave balm at checkout with code 9999. That's harrys.com, code 9999, to get your free trial set. This is Animal Radio, baby. And let's head to the phones, toll-free, 1-866-405-8405 for your calls to Dr. Danny. Let's go to Karen. Hey, Karen. Hi. How can we help you? Well, I have a 
two male papillons. They are brothers from the same litter. And one of them, suddenly they're three and a half years old, no, four and a half years old. And one of them, about six months ago, has decided that he needs to mark all over the house. Mm, okay. Very good. So, and w- what kind of areas is he urinating in? Well, he started off, you know, corners of the wall, uh, corn, you know, just corners. And now he's taken to urinating in the middle of my bed. Okay. All right. So, um, how, how long have you been in this home? And uh, are there other pets besides uh, the other dog? No, just the two brothers, and we've been here a year. Okay. Anything new going on in the home? Any big changes, construction, visitors? No. Um, nothing like that. Okay. Nothing like that. And let me say, let me ask. This is so why I'm so pri- confused. <laughs> okay. So prior to this, um, as young um, pups and as adult dogs, have they been, both of them been faithful with their um, house training or have there ever been problems in the past? Well, they're pretty faithful with their house training. If, of course, you know, if I leave them too long, then uh, one of them, the other one, would um, have a bowel movement on the floor, but he mm-hmm. never urinates in the house. And then the other one is the one that started this marking everywhere. It, it actually started at the same time they suddenly started fighting. Ah, okay. See, that's so what I'm getting. The one that There's... likes to urinate, he likes to be dominant. Okay, because that's that helps to decide what kind of treatment plan we're going to have is when we talk about situations and, and how this comes about. So a dog that maybe kind of always has had a little bit of lax uh, house training uh, skills, um, we're going to approach that differently than a dog that's starting to do it all of a sudden. Um, regardless of the cause, what we have to do is to ensure that this behavior does not keep repeating. And the reason is because if it occurs and if he urinates in the house, we are, um, we are not eliminating the opportunities for this incorrect behavior to happen. So we're not really going to effectively correct it. So you can't just kind of halfway stop it and think you're going to get headway. You really have to control the house training situation. And for an adult dog, that's basically treating them as if they are a puppy. So um, as far as in, in this situation, we take away all rights and access. Um, so that means that free access in the home is not something that he has, he has earned at this point. So we need to right. go back to basic obedience and treat him like a puppy, take him out on a leash to go potty and use positive reward in the appropriate spot. And a lot of times when there is either fighting um, or if there's, a, say, a fearful dog, fearful dogs will urinate in the home when they um, uh, don't have the confidence to go out and uh, to mark their territory outside. They actually stay very close close to home. Other dogs will urine mark out of possessiveness or territoriality, and that, that may be more what your guy is doing. Um, it's yeah, very, very important. Yeah, so you're going to need to keep him very close. So that may mean you need to put a tether on him, a leash, and around your waist if you're walking around the house. Otherwise, keep him uh, crate confined where you can make sure that he's not having those opportunities. And then all of those areas we've got to effectively treat with an enzyme-based cleaner to help take the odor out, to uh, take away that incentive for him to go back and mark in those areas. And um, when we are walking around the house, I do like to try using for boy dogs a kind of another kind of 
level of guarding is using a belly band. And it's a little kind of like a little stretchy kind right. of a yeah. band. Yeah, band I, know what, that, I know what that is. Okay. So a yeah. uh, little bandeau that goes around the, the lower abdomen, kind of right over the penis area. And then that right. way, if he does urinate, it's kind of like soily on himself. And it's a, uh, most dogs don't want that. <laughs> well, I mean, this is where we have to use any tool we can to, um, you know, uh, to help us here. So if it's something that doesn't hurt him and helps to make um, our efforts better, then I'm all for it. And then really kind of getting back to some of the root obedience training. So making sure that he understands that, okay, he's not in charge in the house. He's not the one who has to mark and say, hey, this is my domain. It's the human's house first. And and this is also a very difficult thing for a lot of pet owners to say, I want my dog to live in my house, but I don't want him to run the house. And right. this is a manifestation of that. So getting back to w- working on uh, sits, comes, uh, downstays, basic obedience where it, it's a very soft kind of uh, non-threatening way that you are asserting that you are the leader in the household and um, and he is uh, a follower in a sense, um, that he does not have to take charge and mark the territory. So that would be definitely one big thing. And then I do like to use some of the natural um, pheromones just to kind of take a little bit of the nervous edge off. Um, you can use those in... Uh, sprays or the diffusers throughout the home and that that may help him as well Um, and very lastly um, I will occasionally use behavior medications if we're not having a lot of good efforts with training but a lot of it the reasons this doesn't work is usually because of the consistency within the household so if you get everyone on board and we rework the way that he's actually allowed to be have access through the home then you can you can get control of that so that may mean shutting doors um, putting up uh, little temporary gates and controlling where this little guy is is running at any given time that uh, definitely gives me some ideas where to start thanks for calling today it's time for us to get on out of here. Hey, thanks for joining us. If you need your fix during the week, head on over to animalradio.pet. And don't forget, you can also download the Animal Radio app for iPhone, Android, and BlackBerry. You'll get all the current and latest recalls and all the latest information on that Avengers recall. And if you happen to have a Yorkshire ter- Terrier, a Shih Tzu, a Pug, or a Mini Schnauzer, check out Dr. Debbie's books, How to Be Your Dog's Best Friend, over at Amazon.com. Have a great week. Bye-bye. Bye. See you next week. This is Animal Radio Network. Network.